Welcome back to the Beer O'Clock Podcast. I'm Dylan Toon. I'm Angus Norris. And we are here to bring you all of the quarantine news and quarantine views from the beer world and beyond, I guess. No one's going beyond much at the moment, and the beer world certainly isn't very indoor-centric. No, no, I'm literally going from home to supermarket to <laughs> bottle shop, and that's about it. A lot of, lot of online deliveries have got a lot more exciting, though. Yes, indeed. Last few days. Um, so we're still remote podcasting, as you can probably tell, although the audio may sound better than it ever has before. Yeah, invested in a new mic, and hopefully Could... that shows through. Yeah, with any luck. And, yeah, we are still chugging along fine, I think. Yeah. As well We're as fine here. Yeah. Getting through uh, a lot of local beer, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely um, been a good excuse to crack some stuff that might otherwise not, not really saving much at the moment. Yeah, my cellar's getting a bit of a workout as well, as I think we talked about last time. That's what you want, though. Yeah, There's exactly. one positive, at least for partners and so on. Yeah, Dan and I at Otters had a good chat about that the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just get straight into news then, I guess. Yep, nothing else. Um, So obviously COVID-19, still a thing apparently. People are still a bit worried about that and with good cause. But um, it's still, business feels a little bit more, I don't know if like, it's it's the new normal has yeah it's sort of like people have settled into this is a thing and businesses are no exception yeah yeah exactly i think just about everybody is on board with some method of staying open or they're just not staying open at this point yeah i i also think if you're not open now you're unlikely to reopen yeah unless you've got a, a lot of money like stored up somewhere hmm I'm sort of thinking places like, I mean, second businesses, like, for example, just using local one, like Dr. Morse, I don't know if they're open, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were just, you know, doing very limited business, but they were staying afloat because Baudry was doing enough, something like that. Yeah, I'm not actually sure if um, Dr. Morse is open. I assume they would be doing something. They're pretty innovative. And like, yeah, takeaways are pretty easy to find. And they did do takeaway breakfast a lot when I was... Yeah. Working down the road. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's sort of like if you're closing, it's probably not the best sign. If no, you can't handle the... a drop-off in business, then yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of robustness there for your, your business. But fingers crossed that everyone does get through it. Um, even if it's not your business, hopefully mentally. Exactly. Get through it and then there's going to be plenty on the other side. Uh, you've made a note uh, about Queensland in this operations? Yeah, I think Queensland was sort of the most proactive of the states trying to make it easier for their breweries to keep trading. Um, They initially opened up growlers to everyone, takeaway licences to everyone, delivery licences to everyone. Um, They they did then pull back on the growlers. Um, But... (laughs) I think for for COVID reasons, I think. Yeah, fair enough. I've got to say, I don't. I haven't seen as many growlers in years as I have recently. No, it's no, there was a, that sort of, of big wave three or four years ago of them. Mm. They are definitely everyone's getting them out of storage, and 
getting yeah, some use out of them. I, would, I honestly don't know if I have one anymore. Like, I think I got rid of... I think I had a couple of squealers, and I just think I got rid of them because they were taking up room, and I thought, I'm never going to use these. Yeah. Because just... They... When I got into craft beer, probably, what was that, four years ago or so, like you said, huge thing. Um, and then it just doesn't seem to be as much of a thing anymore. No. No. Um, but nice to see them kicking around a bit more. Yeah, I couldn't find any of mine. I only found a, a little half one. Which I got filled. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, most places are taking... Anything. Yeah. I mean, Wheat Gang was saying, if you bring a milk, empty the milk thing, we'll fill it up with beer. They pretty much said any vessel that is, like, you know, clean Marked will fill up for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, probably wouldn't be, like, if you just go up and take a four-letter fermenter up there and get that filled up. <laughs> I reckon they might fill it. <laughs> they said they said they will fill anything and they'll just scale up the pricing. So um, that's pretty I'm not great. sure how how much that's been tested, but um, yeah, if anyone's desperate. Um, and you said South Australia, in contrast, have yeah, not so been so great. Prancing Pony got shut down um, for about four or five days, um, which admittedly now was over the Easter period. Um, but South Australia police shut them down because they're a tourist business predominantly and didn't serve locals, I think was the exact phrase. That's bizarre. That's You don't really get to choose what style of business someone is, surely. Yeah, it's a bit odd. I think it probably was ended up being a thing if we didn't want people from Adelaide tra- travelling out into the hills. And they're yeah. sort of in the front bit of the hills, if that makes sense. Yeah, a bit closer to Adelaide, so there were people coming from like a metropolitan area to a a regional area. As I, I much do. As you can call Adelaide a metropolitan area, <laughs> but I mean, couldn't you use that logic for a lot of breweries? Yeah, I would. I mean, a lot of you know, regional breweries. It yeah. um, it seems so a little they, unfair to basically take their business away. Yeah, so basically they couldn't do takeaways, but they could still do deliveries, which is ridiculous. The yeah. whole thing was ridiculous. And it did get overturned. Yeah, so I think they got shut down on the Thursday before Easter and were back on the Tuesday or the Wednesday. So it's all a little sus, probably related not... to Easter traffic. That's my yeah. guess. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Probably not, still not great for them to lose some Easter money, but, you know. No. Well, it also, deliveries... How short can a delivery be? <laughs> well, that's the problem, isn't it? If like, someone rocks up, can you deliver it across the car park to their car? <laughs> yeah, because the actual it's all well, it's all well and good saying hey, you can do deliveries, but at the moment, Australia Post and so on are understandably so pushed to the limit that um, you're not really getting deliveries in timely fashions, and things like beer really do suffer from that. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah, it's um. Anyway, good to hear they're back open. Yeah, they're back open. I think that's a good call it public. You know, public pressure almost on mm. the government to sort of overturn that decision. Well, it just doesn't sound fair, and that's the main thing. You've got to be consistent and fair. No, yeah. but they got on mainstream news, which is pretty good for them, I assume, yeah. long term. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just um, plug a few beers while they're there. I mean, that's not Yeah, good. there's a lot of... Um, this isn't on the, uh, the news notes, but there's been a lot of breweries in, you know, sort of on mainstream news, which can only be good for them when it all reopens yeah people i mean i reckon there's probably a lot of people finding out about breweries that they may not have before especially really local ones yeah 
if you can go down the road and grab some takeaways from a brewery rather than like having to go further, um, exactly. I think yeah, I think people are going to be appreciating more what's on their doorstep. Yeah, um, which is what the year of the local project was trying to do last year for everyone. <laughs> yeah, so you've you've got a whole database there, people. You might as well use it. Um, so Dan's and Coles have both sort of done some things to try to help out small producers. Sort of on on that vague note, um, Endeavor Drinks. Which is owned by Dan's? I think it's the Woolies. I think it's yeah. just the drinks arm of Woolies when they tried yeah. to separate their sort of pubs and stuff. Pubs and alcohol to make them look like a better company. <laughs> so they've shortened their payment terms to small Yeah, producers. so they went from, I think they were, th- I think they shortened them last year down to 30 days from 90 days, which was ridiculous for a company that size. Yeah, it does seem to be the norm, though. It's weird that they're not. It does, yeah. Um, but they're down to, I think it's 14 days now, which is good. That's good, because cash flow is the real thing. Yeah, at the moment for small businesses trying to keep people employed. And Coles have made an initiative to help local producers out. I uh, haven't really seen much of this yet, but it's basically saying, hey, if you're a small business and you're struggling... Um, get in touch with us we'll try to get your stuff in first choice and vintage sellers very much in the early stages but um positive in theory yeah, it's, it's definitely positive news if they um uh can actually implement it <laughs> and I'm if people are actually going to get in touch with them and yeah that's yeah. I, i'm also skeptical but um well i guess keep an eye out and I'll, we'll, we'll see if they do get anything in there, you'll be able to tell the things that they get in there because it will be very different from what they normally get in there. Yeah, exactly. It should um, be obvious. <laughs> stick out like a sore thumb, I imagine. So on to, I guess we'll call this non-COVID news. Or we'll, do, we'll do the last bit of COVID news first, actually. Yeah. Which is just a quick one. Um, bit of an interesting one. Of all the shortages... Um, there's some CO2 shortages in the US, which has sort of led to some worries about carbing and even, you know, sparkling water and seltzer and things, which is kind of interesting. Um, just because a lot of people who produce ethanol also produce CO2. Yeah. Because um, it's captured as a byproduct of ethanol production. But um, yeah, demand for ethanol has dropped, interesting enough. Much like gas, I guess, because although, you know... I don't think ethanol... Yeah, I don't think ethanol demands dropped in Australia, at least. Yeah, no, Um, this is definitely US-centric. This goes with their gas drop because uh, ethanol is mixed in with their gas supply, something like that. Uh, Okay. Yeah, Um, because the gas... I don't know if you saw today, but they were negative prices on gas for the first time, I think, possibly ever, or at least for a very long time. People are actually oh, trying to good. get people to... They're, they're paying people to take their gas off their hands, which is yeah, amazing. Wow. Um, that is amazing. Because, yeah, it's quite hard to get ethanol in Australia at the moment if you need it for your business. <laughs> yeah. As I'm finding. Yeah. Well, hopefully that means there won't be any CO2 shortages in Australia. It's just a very interesting one. It's not something I'd ever really heard of before. It's one of those ones where you raise your eyebrows and you're like, that is intriguing and, and could, could cause a lot of problems. I reckon there was one a few years ago in the UK. I think it was actually during the World Cup, um, and they thought because the demand was so high they might run out of CO2. The demand for beer, that is. Yeah. That they might run out of CO2. But they didn't because they shipped it in from somewhere else. And, you, I mean, the thing is you'd think that 
there'd be less kegs going around, so there'd probably be less... To, I mean, I know a lot of people force carb. I think you've got to force carb for your bottling, though, is your problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, that's sort of the last bit of, I guess, directly COVID-related news. Yeah. Um, so on to non-COVID stuff. Not a lot, but there's a few. Yeah, um, the, well, it's a good sign that business is still ticking over. Happening, though, yeah. <laughs> that we've got other bits and pieces to talk about. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so the ACCC have approved Asahi's takeover of Carlton United Breweries. Um, not particularly surprising. No, it was always going to happen. It was just about which of their silly little brands they were going to have to divest. Yeah. Um, so they ditched Stella and Bex, which you assume will be picked up by, I would suggest, probably Coopers. <laughs> yeah, they would get picked up by the next biggest <laughs> guy keeping yeah. around who can afford them. Uh, and then they also ditched Strongbow, Bonamies, which I've never heard of, and Little Green Cider. Okay, so Bonamies and Little Green are very vaguely crafty ciders. Right. Yep. Um, I think one is Coles exclusive and one is Woolworths exclusive. Right. Memory. Yeah. Yep. Um, basically, it's just Strongbow in different can. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, that, think, I think the biggest holdup was the cider market, which seems weird because it's such a small percentage of the beer market and all of that sort of stuff. Maybe they just thought because it crosses, I don't know, it's a bit, it's slightly different. So they didn't too much diversification or control over different, in, quote unquote, different parts of the industry. Yeah, they wouldn't have ended up with it. They would have ended up with almost all of it because they already have Strongbow, Summer Bees. Uh, yeah, Mercury. <laughs> you Which know, is they basically had to ditch all of it. Yeah, I think they also distribute Boomers. You know, so by the time you're there, you've got all of it. <laughs> yeah, essentially, essentially, like, uh, and CUB have pure blonde cider and stuff. Yeah, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. so that that's that. Trying to think of other big ones, and that's the only other one that really comes to mind. Apart yeah, from the other uh, ones, I think are all smallish. Yeah, Recorder League is owned by someone weird, I feel like. Quite possibly. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. S- I'm gonna say they just have different licensing in different countries. There you go. There you go. because um, they were the other one. But yeah, Recorder League would be the other big one. Uh, but anyway, that sounds like I, I doubt Asahi you're gonna shed too many tears about losing those brands. I mean you'd you assume whatever so. extremely mild hit they take, they're gonna get back tenfold. Exactly, exactly. Whatever they had to get rid of, it was worthwhile. Yeah. Um, Strongbow's an interesting one. I, they'll probably just get picked up by, you know... I was surprised again. how small the cider market was. Like, I know it's small, but I was surprised at how much smaller than the beer market it was. I can't even remember what the percentage is nowadays. Like 2% of beer? Yeah, that sounds about right. It's been dropping yeah. uh, because... The alternative RTDs and also beer, like craft beer, have taken a lot of that cider. Percentage, yeah, because I think yeah. even ginger beer has ro- risen a bit. And um, basically, everything, every subset of kind of beer and RTDs that rise, cider is going to fall. Yeah, makes um, sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I, again, more good news for Asahi. Um, <laughs> was there anything else on that, or was it just wanted to mention that it had happened? Nah, that it finally passed. Was or it's been really approved, the... yeah. Yeah. Uh, so on while we're on four-letter acronyms, uh, ABAC complaints are down? They are. 
Um, yeah, so ABAC um, only had 23 complaints for the first quarter this year, which is down on this time last year. People may have had bigger things to worry about. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. Although you would think with more spare time, perhaps they would go up. Yeah, the, it's sort of a double-edged sword. Um, I think ABAC, are, it's partly that maybe people are getting the message that to pre-vet stuff and that it can be complained about. Yeah, true. I mean, Jedi Juice was probably a big one for a lot of craft breweries. Yeah. Although it's interesting with the release of J-Juice, which we talked about last time, how few people knew it was ABAC and they all thought it was just Disney had finally sued them for it. Yeah, I guess it's it's logical. And, I mean, what a Hop Nation really have to gain by dragging ABAC through the mud. That's true. That's um, true. Just going to mean that they get probably a harsher eye put on them in the future and it's just, yeah, not worth it for anyone. No. They can probably just... People who need to know, know. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably probably fair. <laughs> and it's not like it's private either. Like, the, it's public, well-known yeah. news is in certain circles. It's easy to find. Um, yeah, you've got to know what you're looking for. But <laughs> Yeah, it's there. It's not like they're hiding it. No. So, yeah, I guess that's good for craft breweries. Uh, I would that's... say people are either looking at it more or are more aware that the code exists or, you know, understand their obligations more. So that has to be good. Yeah, at least just to save themselves trouble in future. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, finally on the docket, uh, Founders First have increased their stake in Jetty Road, which probably explains why it has been popping up everywhere recently. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, so they took another 9%. Um, in Jetty Road. Does that uh, take them over 50? They were already over 50. They were already oh, okay. at 55. I was trying to remember. I'm like, uh, is this the one that takes them over 50 or was that the last one? No, that was the last one. <laughs> yeah. um, no, so they put up um, some convertible notes on the ASX, um, trying to raise 2.5 million, and Founders First took up 1.4 of them. Okay. It's an interesting time. I mean, Jetty Road stuff is pretty clean and perfectly drinkable. Yeah, and there's going to be so much more of it when they open that second um, facility Yeah, and, uh, in South Melbourne, I think. I do. It has become pretty ubiquitous recently um, in the way it's spread for, to mainstream bottle shops and craft shops. It's um, yeah, pretty hard some to of the, avoid. Some of the numbers that I saw recently about them, I think for last year... The, for the second half of last year, their sales are up 296% or something for wholesale sales. That, yeah, sounds completely believable. And, yeah. Um, it's interesting because there is clearly that association with the beachy sort of thing. I mean, you look at Bolter and Stone and Wood and stuff, and, I mean, we have Colonial here, but that's not technically really ours. <laughs> not it kind really. Of is. Yeah, it's yeah. more of a Western Australia thing, I would say. Um, but... Yeah, they're clearly going for that little... Especially with the branding and stuff, you can definitely see the comparisons to Bolter, especially. And they've clearly noticed that. And the, the beers are pretty solid. And just like Bolter, their IPA sucks. It, exactly. <laughs> um, but I like I reckon, a lot of their other beer. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. I, I Their draft is fine. Um, Pale is really solid, I reckon. Um, yeah. A lot of the limited releases are good fun. And, yeah, their branding is pretty cool. Um, it's yeah, nice I'm, and clean. I'm looking forward to I think it's a milk stout I've got in the fridge from them. 
Mm. Chocolate yeah. stout, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I reckon that's right. Yeah. And yeah, that you would assume that's going to be pretty well crafted. You'd assume um, so. That does us for news. Uh, we will be back momentarily with what we're drinking. We are back with what we're drinking. Um, we'll have a more general chat about what we're drinking. Uh, I think first up, we just want to talk about this little uh, Three Ravens black can that we've opened, because that is the, the most immediate answer to what we're drinking, because we are both drinking a Three Ravens black, the new one in cans, so 1% less alcohol, but still the same beer, as far as I can tell. They're still marketing the same thing. I'm pretty sure it does not have a separate untapped thing, because... No, same untapped thing, but whether that's people using untapped incorrectly is another question. <laughs> I couldn't see an alternative. No. no. It could just be this is the comeback of it. and Yeah. Um, this is nice. It is nice. It's really quite nice. 4.5% alcohol. This is, yeah, really like the can too. Um, sometimes this minimalist design doesn't do it for me, but this looks good, I reckon. It's very too old. Yes, it is. That's probably why I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're right, though. That's If it just needs like a bit of abstract art instead of a white background, then yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this is... Yeah, good little beer. Get around it. Don't don't be put off by the slightly lower alcohol. This is um, a very good session step. Yeah, I thought... I hadn't had this for years. Um, mm. We have a little bit of history with this, which is... Uh, you you originally gave it five stars and were stunned to find out you gave it five stars. One untapped. Yeah, yeah. In I reckon the first week I was on untapped. Like just looking at the date of that check in. Yeah. Which would explain so, a bit. Yeah, for sure. It is a good beer though, and it always has been. It's it's fun to revisit yeah. for that um that reason though, to see if it such lofty heights, it's uh, never quite going to get back up there. But this is a cool little rebrand. I'm pretty behind this. There's really nice little berry notes in this. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Sort of it's ashy, smokiness. Yeah, like the mild smoke. And the body's good for 4.5%. Really good. Like, if if you told me it was 6%, I wouldn't bat an eyelid. No, no. Um, it is nice to see... Like, Three Ravens are good at brewing, but it's not, they do so much strange crap nowadays. Not crap, strange things. They do many strange things. Yes. Um, just to see them do clean, straightforward stuff, similar to the Thornbury Lager, Pilsner, yep. whatever it was. Um, that was nice, just to see them do a good, clean, simple beer. This has got a bit of personality. It's not just, yeah, everyday little alco- um, oatmeal stout. No, this is a sort of, I'd buy a six-pack of oatmeal stout. Yeah, I, this is almost like I'd buy a six-pack and take it somewhere and just drink it, you know? Like, it wouldn't be a uh, keep it in yeah. the fridge necessarily. This is pretty sessionable. It's well done, Free Ravens. That's um, nice. Anyway, how is the rest of your lockdown drinking going? This, is, I guess this is more um, of a general question in, like, what, what are your habits sort of been? Like, are you going and buying things as you go shopping for essential goods or ordering more? Are you just trying to clear out the cellar, as you alluded bit to of, before? Bit of all of the above. Mm. 
Um, yeah, ordering a bit more, um, trying to buy beer as locally as possible. Yep. Um, and yeah, trying to support all the sort of small bottle shops around me. Yeah. Whether that's online or in person. Yep. And that's, um, that's but I've also been making sure I get through the cellar. <laughs> yeah. So everyone's happy. I mean, I we sort of vaguely touched on this last time, but it's sort of fresher stuff. I've been like restocking on IPAs, yeah, and things like that. And then when I do that, I'll grab interesting things here and there. But um, yeah, a lot of it is just working through stuff. Yeah, got, I'm making got, a good dint in my cellar. Yeah. I had to but buy me- stouts the other day. I was running low. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that, that's going to be a busy, uh, been a busy few weeks for you then. Uh, yeah. No, there's a lot more sour in my cellar than I was sort of aware. Oh, you're more than, more than welcome to leave them till post-COVID there, if you need some help. There's some that are, are definitely waiting. Yeah. Um, I've found for me, it's not so much that I, I've had a couple things out of the cellar, uh, but most of it has been, I'm just trying to get rid of crap that I've had there for ages. Just like, yes. ah, just all these random beers that you find in your fridge. And you're like, who bought this? And like, when did this get there? Yeah, I had um, a Furfy the other day that appeared in my fridge. No I reckon I that brought that. I reckon I brought that. Okay. I, when, when I saw that, I was like, I reckon I brought that over. Um, <laughs> because I got a free six pack of cans last year. Like That would explain that. About two thirds of the way through the year. And I reckon I probably just brought one over because I was trying to get rid of them. That that would definitely explain that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is really that kind of thing. Like um, I've got well, bloody fat yaks and things. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've got kicking around. Oh, I've got I bought uh, that uh, Ben Spoke House at Gozen, which I do want to ask your opinion on. Um, just after I say, I bought four six packs of them because they were four four packs, sorry, because they were going for yep. ten dollars, and it seemed silly okay. not to because yep. they were pretty fresh. Um, and so I've got a lot of them in the fridge. Thankfully, turned the partner onto them, so um, hopefully they'll oh, get rid good. of them soon. Um, tart Passiona was my thought on that. It was mm. quite sweet, but it was also tart and quite refreshing. Yeah, I, I was it. 100% <laughs> the same. Very passiona I think yeah. apparently it has other stuff in it, but yeah, very much Passiona. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <all> <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, just, it's just Passiona with lactic acid. Um. You, I haven't been getting to any breweries. You got to a couple. Yeah, I got to, to grab West Side, which is my yeah. closest brewery by a mile. I didn't well, actually know it was the closest, but that makes sense. It's closer than Stomping Ground. Yeah, and probably less annoying to get to. Uh, if you're driving there, definitely. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not if you're trying to get there to... Uh, drink the way you and I often drink there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of confused Uber drivers driving down alleyways yeah. in circles and things, yeah. Um, um, I've been down there a couple of times to buy beer. Oh, good, their stuff. On, good. Ordered online, yeah. It's, al- it's always really solid. Um, so I've had Cali Commoner, which is the steam ale, and Everyone Loves Pale, which I think is a new pale, because I hadn't had it before. The US flag kind of looking... Thing? Is that no, that one? Or no, is, no, that was a fresh hop. Ah, oh, okay. Double IPA, which was a little bit... That was a little bit weird, actually. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, they're not always 100% on the mark. 
but they're really small, so it's like you can kind of forgive a few of the weirder things. Yeah, exactly. Come out in their beers. Yeah, so I had a. I think I got some red roux, um, a few other bits and pieces. Yeah, bought an, that's good. bought an Alvarado red IPA there because they had an Alvarado Street red IPA. Yeah, <laughs> like something you should buy when you see it. But that fridge of theirs is one of the more underrated little uh, mini beer shops in Melbourne. <laughs> it's just unbelievable some of the stuff they have in there. So well priced too, like yeah. for what it is. Is um yeah. Yeah, that was and a five hundred mil Alvarado Street can for fifteen bucks, and it was like seven point three percent or something. Yes, yeah, so that's five to ten dollars less than you'd spend at Cohen. I'd say. Yeah, exactly. If not more. Yeah. Uh, so you also got to Foreigner to grab some stuff. We we spoken about Westside and Foreigner a fair bit. I feel like on this podcast. I think so. Definitely more than more um, airtime than they get anywhere else. Hmm. Um, no Pilsner in, but I had a funny, uh, like the, the Pilsner was out. Um, there was, they had this big, like, can't remember what he called it. I think it was like a, a, a bigger multier lager from them. Okay. Uh, had some funny, um, wheat beer that the, one of the Czech guys brews. It's like eight and a half percent and, you know. <laughs> Why not? They, they don't sell it. This is like a. A homebrew sort of style thing. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty uh, great, though. That was fun. Um, but brought some black IPA and... Uh, okay. What else did I buy? I bought a few things. <laughs> the classics. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's good they they sort of... I saw a pre-sale with their Pilsner, and it's good to know they actually like sell it, you know, try to get it as in as good condition as you can, because a lot of people just... Yeah, I think a lot of breweries that leave their lager sitting around for a bit, but this is very much now you've got to drink this proper Czech pills, and you want to come get this fresh. And yeah, and they kept delaying that bites. release, so I think it was originally going to release on the ninth, and ended up releasing on the eighteenth or something. Like they just like it's not ready, it's not ready. <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to back them in. I think it's such a good pilsner. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I've been meaning to get some delivered, so that might be a tomorrow problem. <laughs> yeah. So much, so many temptations at the moment. Oh, exactly. Well, you've got nothing else to do except uh, browse. Yeah, sense. pretty much. That's the problem. Um, so speaking of uh, deliveries, the Quarantinis packs have started making their ways around. We sort of, we'll do something more in depth than this, but unfortunately yours is yet to turn up and it seems to be, understandably, it's a bit crazy at the moment. A lot of people, some people got them last week. Um, some people are still waiting. Um, yeah. Seems like Australia Post is just doing their thing. They would obviously yeah. be swamped at yes. the moment. Yeah. Um, bit disappointing to hear that a few Cowan staff got abused by people. You know, yeah. complaining about uh, their quarantinis not being there. It's like yelling at the petrol station attendant about the price of petrol. Yeah, exactly. Like, surely you're smarter than this, people. <laughs> Also, Cowan have such a good track record with shipping stuff, and they have sort of publicly put out many messages about this. Yeah, exactly. I think they just tried to ship too many at once, and Australia Post got swamped. Because I had a separate delivery leave Cowan uh, on the Tuesday after they um, sent the quarantinis out, which was a Wednesday, and I got that second shipment the next day. There you go. Yeah. It's bizarre. 
isn't it? Um, but it must be, yeah, it must be a thing where they all got because they must have been pre-organized the shipping and yeah, it would have yeah, been. Yeah, so they would. I think they said they shipped nineteen hundred on the same day. Fuck yeah, that that explains a bit, especially if yeah. they'd organized it beforehand and then yeah, so I think it gets and, yeah loaded on pallets and onto a truck, and that's why the scanning doesn't work and. <laughs> All these fun things. All that sort of stuff. Just logistic stuff. I reckon everyone will get them this week. You'd think so. And then, yeah, I don't think anyone will be too behind. No, and how many people are actually going to treat it like an advent calendar? It's, uh, yeah. It's isolation time. You uh, you drink more. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to question you. Your little... However you want to do it. Um, I think they're just trying to do it because they're doing the things alongside it. So I guess for people who want to, it's... Uh... Yeah, there'll be people that are upset that they're not uh, involved. But those things are at least recorded, so there's no real um, issue in going back and listening to a different one. There's no reason yet, no reason to get upset um, about anything in general. It is, in the scheme of things, a very small problem. Exactly. But yes, essentially just bring it up because we'll speak about this more in future. We'll do something with this. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll chat something. about them. So if you're hoping to hear something, we'll do something. Um, just want to, while we are speaking of shipping, just want to give a shout out to Mountain Culture, who they didn't send it. They sent it with a parcel service, um, but I got it overnight, and it was still cold when it got here. They wrote a poem, a ditty, a, I don't know what you want to call it, um, and packed it in there like personally addressed quite charming put some packets of pretzels in there and some funny notes drawn on it and um yeah i was really impressed put a smile on my face and i hope the beer is really good yeah that's great service i'm hearing really good things about them um at some point we'll have to do a uh bit of a look at their beers yeah for sure and um we've got those we got uh the wildflower collaboration and we'll do something with that on the podcast at some point um have have a chat about them wanted to follow up on the deeds grisette which we spoke about last time briefly yeah um i sort of you had it i assume yeah i did i did um i don't think it's a grisette (laughs) Mm. it's a little farmhousey thing yeah um bit of funk bit of citrus but it wasn't anything amazing they didn't nail it as well as we were hoping, judging by their past stuff. Yeah. Recent like, stuff, I should say. Like, it's time to get that pills mentioned again, because they've been they nailed yeah. that. <laughs> it's probably uh, four podcasts in a row. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's very nice. Um, But yeah, I was a bit disappointed in it. Yeah, thought, me too. Like, it was fine, it was a, it but was I was mess. just expecting a little more. I've, um... Yeah, I looking keep my eyes out for grisettes and table beers and things just because they're all always interesting usually to try even if they're not always great. Um, and like I had I had two table beers recently. I had the um, Future Mountain one, which was fantastic, and I had the yep. Sailor's Grave one, which was pretty bad. Um, interesting. Yeah, and but it was uh, they're always fun to pick up. They were both very interesting and both very different. It's always fun to... And I feel like grisettes are kind of in a similar boat where they're not always going to be good, but they're always going to be worth having a trial. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to do, call something grisette, 
you'd want to hit sort of the style guidelines. <laughs> like, yeah. why wouldn't you just call it Farmhouse or Saison or something like that? I mean, so what, what do you usually look for in a grisette? If you're, oh. if you're looking for something that hits the... A lot of the grisette stuff, like, oh, I can't remember. It was... I do love Froth, but they had a little breakdown of Grisette and it was possibly the most useless thing I've ever read. It was basically just talking about how a Grisette was like a French woman in, in the 1800s, 1700s or something, and it was like, this does not tell me anything about the beer whatsoever. No, um, you can all go and read my uh, essay on Grisette. Yeah, yeah, which is a very good read on the um, Beer Club blog. That's a long time ago I wrote that now. Um, but that's pages and like, it's got to be 2000 words plus that, that little, uh, history of Grisette. So I usually think of it being kind of like a light, sort of like a tart table beer or a tart lighter saison. That's usually what I kind of think. Yeah. So a traditional Grisette has no tartness. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, there's got to be some hopping that you can... Uh, tell, like light hopping, not much. Yep. Uh, finished dry and has to have five percent wheat. Okay, so it's not too dissimilar from a saison with some mild hop character, probably less yeast character. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, again, you do go into this in the that article you wrote, and it's probably not the easiest thing to break down quickly because it's probably one of those things. There are a lot of different. There's a interpretations. Lot of there was a lot of elements to it, and there's a lot in that piece. Um, but I guess I you know it when you try one. And the thing I remember now, looking back at it, um, I think that most modern saisons are actually grisettes. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, because the saison has sort of lost its tartness somewhere along the way, and I think people are now putting that tartness into grisette when it shouldn't necessarily be there i will say the um the modern saison is making like the tartar saison is definitely coming back with yep. a lot of the big breweries yep. doing them big big farmhouse breweries i mean not actual big breweries yeah um but yeah i mean saison just generally honestly i always think of it as generic farmhouse ale unless you've got a particular ethos that you're trying to follow yeah i think if it tastes something like saison de pont it's a saison yeah basically it's ballpark yeah as long as you've got some of the funk I'm, we'll, we'll say funk <laughs> yeah it's um, that it's that saison yeastiness and then you've still got the dry finish a lot of the time not always no 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 i don't think a saison necessarily has to be dry i think effervescence is pretty important yeah but that may just be a dupont thing again <laughs> yeah but i think i think that's a a thing across the style yeah, Most, well, like, I, I think it's a byproduct it. of the yeast, almost. Yeah, yeah, it's usually um, pretty aggressive in that regard. Yeah. Um, anyway, a few other beers that we've had. Um, we both we sort of just written a couple of things down that we both enjoyed um, or feel that are worth mentioning. Yep. Um, we both had Mister Banks straight to the fudge room, which yep. um, I think we can both agree is a good pastry stout, and um, yep. that is one essentially one of the best Australian ones, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, not totally my favourite style, um, just because very it gets a bit cloying to me. Yep, just that level I of sweetness. Think this one did. 
<laughs> no, look, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the one I had. Yeah. Um, I don't like some of the American ones are like too far in that direction. Yeah. Where it's just like chocolate syrup, but this is like yeah, this was balanced. Still beer. Um, but yeah, I was I was impressed, and their recent packaging is like leaning very much towards that American limited release kind of packaging, and this was a good thing to do in that regard. I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, Don't know if it needed to be a 500 mil can, but I understand why it was. Yeah, look, isn't that always a problem? Yeah. <laughs> These massive stouts, and they're always, let's just put them in the biggest packaging we can. Yeah. I'm sure there's a market for it. Oh, obviously. We both drank one yeah, well, we within like them, weeks we? of them coming out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had One Drops Hazy IPA, which is another big Sabro boy. Yep. Um, they're a Sydney brewery, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know much about them, but I'd heard this was good, and it was good. Um, very good, even, I would say. Um, so Sabro, Nelson Savon, and Vic Secret. Cool so, um, uh, hot bill. Yeah, I, that was the main thing that stuck out to me, and you get characters from all of them, and it was it's good fun. It's got that um, banana from the Sabro again, in a different way to the Deeds one that I mentioned, but um, yeah, no, cool beer, and um, definitely worth trying if you want a hazy that doesn't taste like all the other hazies out there on the Um. other end of the ipa spectrum uh, stomping ground have canned hatch pot which is their big um resinous west coast ipa and it's tasting phenomenal held up better than um dimple did in the can yeah 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 definitely this has got proper pine coming through um it's a very very me ipa about seven and a half percent drinks like it's five percent. <laughs> yeah, that that dangerous level. Yeah, um, good bitterness, sort of proper proper West Coast. That's yeah, and we we can never have too many of those nowadays, to be honest. And it's a twenty dollar four pack. That's the other thing that should be mentioned. So it's great value as well. Gotta love stomping ground. That they're they because of the economies of scale, they've become a very affordable brewery to buy four and six packs of yeah exactly um, and local yeah um last one I wanted to mention was Frexy's Smoky Sour um I don't know much about Frexy but I remember you went to them like just after they opened or you had one of their beers just after they opened yeah they are um uh, it's a Mexican guy and a French girl uh, I get and it they're they're brewing exactly exactly <laughs> um, they're brewing at Bonehead. Um, okay, cool. Just a contract operation at the moment, um, but they have plans to, uh, you know, open their own brew brew pub one day. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, no one um, wants to be a chef. contract for it. Oh, okay, I think Promising. the the French girl is a chef. I think Very there is promising. an article up on the year of the local. Uh, about them? Yeah, so they released... They've got three beers, and they've all been four. put in... Four now, four? I think. Okay. Yeah. All been put in nice cans and are making yeah, their way around at the moment. The cans are really cool. The smoky sour was smoky and Good. reasonably sour. Um, it was... More than I, it was. I was closer to the bill than what I thought it was. The interesting thing, I guess, the reason I want to mention it was definitively not a Lichtenhainer. Okay. Um, much more of a smoked goza, which I wasn't expecting, but I not am, necessarily bad. 
I'm reading the uh, tasting notes on it, and I think smoked goes is on the money because they've got inspired from a Mexican mezcal cocktail. This smoky sour features a solid smoked flavor with notes of tamarind, lime, and a pinch of salt. Okay, there's definitely more than a pinch. <laughs> yep, good. It, it's pretty salty. Um, Salt like, and smoke goes well together, though. Yeah, I just think it needs more acidity. That was my only real thing. There's a little bit of bitterness there, too, and I feel like the acidity is, like, it's there. It just it gets lost a little bit, and you need, like... It would all come together nicely with probably, like, 20% more acidity. Interesting. Um, but it, it's definitely worth trying. Um, it's cool beer, and it's nice to have something that says, you know, like, smoky and is actually smoky. It's not yeah. just, like, a hint. It's, like, this is... Yeah, it's a smoky beer. It's actually smoky. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, doesn't happen that much. It's, I feel like you see so many smoked things and it's like either, you know, one of those old school breweries and it's just like, you know, campfire. Yep. Or uh, you get smoked stuff that's like barely there. Um, anything yeah, it's, else? It's actually, it is rare you get a balanced smoky beer now. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely true. Anything else you've drank? You wanna... um, no, I think that's it of the sort of things i need to mention i've drunk a lot but that's what untaps for people you can all go yeah and read read your thoughts yeah i kind of had i flicked through it on the same like i drank quite a bit but there's not that much that i want to talk about i had plenty of good beers but yeah they're kind of the ones i wanted to mention they're particularly interesting or from places that i feel like worth mentioning should have a shout out at the moment yeah exactly We'll be back, and we will be back to finish up a bit earlier this time with the ranking of Lager Singular. <laughs> we are back with the ranking of Lagers. Uh, we Every podcast, we go through what is meant to be three, but at the moment is one lager and add it to a master list. We are up to 22? 23. 23? This is 23? Yeah. Yeah. So top five are Pilsner and Elkel from the Czech Republic, Tenants from Scotland, Carlsberg from Denmark, Kilmes from Argentina, and Kingfisher from India. And our bottom five at the moment are Carla Vaca, I said it right, in Croatia, Singer in Thailand, Red Stripe in, from Jamaica, Vonu from Fiji, and Kus Kenya from Peru, bringing it up the rear. Uh, today we have the king of beers and um, the king of America, Mr. Budweiser. That's it. Um, so we went with Budweiser over Bud Light, purely because much of a muchness, availability, etc., etc. Yeah, exactly. And at the end of the day, ideally people can find some of these. Mm. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, we're very thoughtful here, if nothing else. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you got some stats history. and facts. Yeah. yeah. More than I thought there was. Well, you know. Uh, so obviously Budweiser is part of AB InBev. Yep. Um, but the brewery actually started in 1852 as the Bavarian Brewery in St. Louis, Missouri. Ah, oh, so always been American. Yep, always been American, but it's... Cool. Um, Germans and I think yeah. Czechs as well, but I could be wrong. I know um, it's such an iconic American brand, but I honestly had, for some reason, had it in my head they weren't always American. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I think they were brewers overseas originally and then ended up here. Yeah, no, interesting. Yeah. 
Um, so it was founded by George Snyder uh, in 1852, and then Mr. Anhauser took it over in 1860. Yep. And Checks then out. his uh, daughter, the next year, married Bush, who was a brewery ah. supplier. <laughs> and um, here they we introduced are. Budweiser in. 1870 sort of in line with all the AB and Bev stuff and yeah all of that because um, they became Anheuser Busch in Bev I think that's about 2008 then Saab Miller bought them 2015 2016 somewhere in there yeah it wasn't too long ago yeah yeah and yeah they are what they are this huge behemoth yeah yeah <laughs> they're definitely that um just so um, they have, I was looking for some information about what hops they use, just because I always find this interesting. Yep. Um, they use a blend of hops, um, which I assume would be extracts, but I'm not going to... Probably. Gonna... But, uh, uh, Falconer's Flight is a blend, after all. So it could yeah. just be pelletized. Maybe they just use, like, blends. a bud blend. Who knows? Yeah. Um, they, they say, uh, Halitar, Willamette, and Cascade, among others. Okay. Um, so it's probably whatever American ones that have lots of crops and that checks out. Yeah, well, Willamette makes sense in that. Cascades uh, everywhere in America. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's, um, it's all the dregs that they can find that are... Yeah, uh, that they can repurpose alpha. into a blend. and Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, high alpha because you use less and then everyone's happy. Yeah, it's cheap. Um, everyone, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So any, anything else or on to the, the main event? Let's go on to... This. <laughs> okay. So, uh, visually, with some nice looking trip edition. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, but it's nice looking. Um, it's, it's a pretty pour in a glass. Great for TV ads. That's a, it's nice golden, plenty of rising bubbles. Nice, not particularly lingering head, but it's, you know, thin, dissipating, but it's sizable at first. Looks like macro lager. But it's a mm. nice looking macro lager. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, taste is... Yeah, so taste, it's, uh, yeah, it's sweet, and it's it's strangely thin-bodied. I was almost going to say it's thicker-bodied than I thought it was going to be, but mine is You're definitely right, actually. sweet. Mine is definitely sweet. <laughs> it finishes really abruptly. I think that's what I'm picking up mm. in terms of the, not so much thin, but it's very it's brisk it's on gone the palate. Either. Yeah, um, and it's... It's the old sort of uh, close to water joke, on the finish at least. On the finish, yeah. yeah. There is otherwise weird it's just corny sweetness. Corn syrup, yeah. But there is bitterness there as well. Mm. Like it is bitter before it just falls off a cliff and dies. It's like there's no bitterness on the front sort of palate, but no. as you swallow, there's a bit on. There's, there's like a bite on the back palate. Very yeah. short, sharp. Very that um, rough herbal Willamette flavour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
I can't really pick up a lot of hop flavor amongst the sweetness, but yeah. Uh, no. Corn, rice, um, probably some barley in there. Corn, just so corn, they can corn, say. Corn and yeah, maybe enough barley. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the old American adjunct. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> our exclusive Beechwood aging produces a taste, smoothness, and a drinkability you'll find in no other beer. Um, I don't know what exclusive Beechwood aging means. I think they chuck some Beechwood panels now into some fermenters. Okay. That's, I believe, where it's at. One of those marketing things, I guess, because you're not picking up much. No, no, there's no wood. Um, I have quite nice, fond memories of Budweiser after the World Cup mm. in Russia, because this is the official beer of probably the World Cup. Probably a bit cheaper over there. Uh, yeah, look, I think I probably was buying four half-litre draft offerings for the same price this one cost me. Yeah, that sounds about right. But um, memories do count for a lot, but also this is the reason why we do this, because we all have... Good macro lager memories, but um, whether they are deserved is what this segment is kind of for. Um, I'm going to say probably not based on this. No, this isn't great. <laughs> this is, um, yeah. Although decided... I think I knew it wasn't great at the time. but <laughs> Yeah, it's certainly quaffable. Mm. Yes, yes. My um, World Cup drinking will attest to that. That's yeah. Now, where to put it on the list? Yeah, God, I think we've got to discuss that. Yeah. So we have gone with Budweiser slotting in at number 16 below Tusker, above Skopsko, and it's another thoroughly uninteresting ranking, I've got to say. Yeah, it, it really is. It's just in this middle bracket of sort of sweetish, not particularly... Nice, but not terribly offensive beers. Yeah, we're, just, we're getting a lot of them recently. I know. All those beers we've got here just waiting for coronavirus to let us uh, drink them. Yeah. We'll have to um, you'll have to give them to me in little tasting vials, like the little <laughs> beer hoarders in America. <laughs> the worst beer blog vial of mm. it was. Hill Farm said something other, I think. <laughs> Come home and have some... Uh, flat European lager and like, so how's yours doing? Um, well, it is flat. <laughs> yeah. I assume it was beer at one point. Uh, um, unfortunately we're sort of just working with what we've got and at least we're still, we're keeping it ticking over. Um, yeah, that's the plan. Keep it in people's minds and yeah. Budweiser slots in and in a thoroughly uninspiring position for a thoroughly uninspiring beer. And I don't think anyone's really surprised that it's in the bottom sort of third. Yeah, I'd be surprised if I finished it, but we'll see where the night takes us. Well, mine's almost gone. It's actually quite easy drinking, but it's just equally not very good. Yeah, yeah. They're not mutually exclusive either. No. Um, I mean, you know, sweet soda watery stuff is probably uh, not going to be too hard to drink. No. Um, that's that's going to do us for tonight. No cellar or Desert Island or anything. We'll have something next time. There's yeah, we'll, plenty have, of news we'll have stuff and... planned for next time. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty sure we said that last time. <laughs> but, you know, these it's it's a very rapidly changing time. 
Yeah, we can throw all those buzzwords in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's not our fault. Um, we, yeah, chatted about some stuff and we'll be back to chat about some stuff soon. Yeah, hopefully always... everyone enjoys this. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we'll keep, we'll, we'll be back for probably pretty regularly with any luck from now on. Fingers hopefully. crossed. Hopefully. Um, you can get in touch on the blog yep. or on Facebook or at gus.norris7 at gmail.com. Yep. Um, we're on Spotify in case you've missed that over the past couple, but um, it really is a very easy way to listen. Um, and otherwise, and people yeah. are. People are, which is good. It was worth the effort of going through Spotify's little rigmarole to get through. Yeah, well, it's certainly easier to say to people, hey, have a squiz if you're interested. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, stay, stay safe, everybody, and um, hopefully hear back from you in May. Exactly. Cheers, You'll hear back from us in May. Cheers. <laughs>